When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So hey everybody, welcome to episode 222 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we also have Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hello. All right, as they get ready for their Thanksgiving feasties. Um, so yeah, uh, last week we met, we did a bunch of call-outs to our patrons, and we have a new patron as of last week, so thank you, Bevan, for joining the, the people who are supporting us uh, through patreon.com. Thanks a lot. Um, all right, so you've got some some follow-up items here first to talk about so why don't you dig in yeah the first thing is a little, teeth bit, into it. Yeah, a little bit of clarification on the teeth cleaning i wasn't getting my teeth cleaned i was uh getting my dog's teeth cleaned at the vet so oh, okay. you know, I was caring why it was so late at, why, why why your dentist like is like late night dentist or something or no if anybody has recommendations for dentists who are you know willing to do procedures at like 6 or 7 p.m um hit me up on that hat's dead with hair because <laughs> otherwise it's usually pretty tough as dentists have at least in my neck of the woods, they have uh, very slim schedules. So, really? you know, mm-hmm. certain hours out of the day, not usually past like 3 p.m. and generally with Fridays off. So really? Of, wow. In terms yeah. of ROI and, and, and lifestyle for uh, getting a medical degree, it seems like dentistry is the way to go. Wow. I do know that. I, I, I do know of dentists, you know, husband and wife teams who maybe because they were starting a practice or whatever, did offer um, like a one night a week kind of thing up here in Ontario. But And I don't know that, that dentists necessarily, I think they pretty much work five days a week here i don't know i haven't you know i'm not a i don't you know i don't hang around dentists too much other than playing hockey with them in the past i'll be that all right um last week we talked about the folding phones and and Jaime, you had put in a link that we didn't cover so do you want to listen on that one yeah just some more flavor so for those of you wondering whether samsung is doing something crazy and causing further fragmentation in the android ecosystem uh don't worry uh, it turns out that google has added official or will add it was a little unclear to me at the time they will add official support for folding phone 
layouts into Android itself. So apparently if you just follow really good practices for your views lifecycle, then you should be fine. Right. And I have a follow-up item here on Monday, unless you were living under a rock and maybe some of you are, um, Apple had cut orders on all three phones. And so the Wall Street Journal, or I, I'm not sure who it is, but somebody had, had basically called them out and, and um, the stock started to going, going down either, even further than it had in the last couple of weeks. So um, again, still I keep seeing, you know, experts in the field and we're not experts. We're just here for entertainment purposes only. But I have heard experts in the field saying Apple is still a stock to hang on to for the long term. Um, but yeah, this news came out on Monday and, and last week we were talking about, last two weeks we were talking about Apple uh, cutting um, estimates on the iPhone 10R, and now that all three 10R, 10S and 10S Max have been cut back. So that was a big story on Monday. And, and of course, you know, the stock continued to go down. I don't know where it is today. Do you know, Mark? It was up a little bit today. So it's up it? to like 178. Yeah. So it was it, when when this story came out, it was down to 186. So, mm-hmm. so it did go yeah. down a little bit further. But uh, yeah, it's been a mess. It's been a mess. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? But I mean, you know, the fact that it went up over 200 and then all the way up to almost 240, I think, right? That was, you know, that was remarkable. I think was the peak. 233, yeah. That's, yeah. But that was more remarkable. I mean, like, you know, we even none of us expected that as well. So um, still, I think it's still a pretty solid company. And and I think I did also hear, too, that, that some of the trade issues with uh, China, the tariffs and that kind of stuff, you know, is not helping. Um, in fact, it's hurting Apple, even though for a while there, the government was saying that Apple would be exempt in some way. Uh, obviously, they're not. So yep. um, I think the broader context here is that the... Um, stock market has lost pretty much all of its 2018 gains at this point as right. investors are spooked for many, many reasons. It doesn't surprise me that Apple would go down as the rest of the market has gone down. Um, it's hard for me to really know what to think about this story. Um, I do think it's probably the first story of this kind that's been actually true, or, or I predict will be true, um, versus all the other years before, like, oh no, Apple's cutting. You remember? <laughs> we were just talking about this last year. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh no, Apple's cutting the iPhone 10. Oh no, it's, it's too pricey. People aren't buying it oops turns out that was an utter false lie um that's true it's true yeah uh, this one seems like it actually could be true if only because um it seems like apple's strategy is changing towards you know getting more per user rather than acquiring more users and their well, their business model seems to have really focused on more premium devices uh selling you know more premium services on yeah. top of that and that's kind of a big reason why they decided not to uh, to no longer give unit sales because it would not be as relevant to their success going forward sure and i mean and the other thing too is that like you know i don't know about the states but here in canada the, the lending prime lending rates have gone up and um you know the the thing you know bank of canada sets the more the lending rate which affects mortgages mortgages have gone up a, a whole percent or half percent you know in the last year or so you know and and i don't know i'm not an expert in financing but i do know that when interest rates go up purchases go the amount of purchases go down right so that could also be reflected in, in that too i'm sure that you know the all the shenanigans that are happening in the states are catching up with with the consumer you know confidence as well right which is which allows them to feel free to buy things right um so that would affect high priced high ticket items like iphones and you know large large screen tvs and stuff like that you know cars and things you know is that mm-hmm. not the case down there in the states with yeah, the finances? Absolutely. Yep. yeah there, there's also an argument to be made that the strategy of the three phones this year was a bit of a mistake on apple's part because they the consensus is, has been that the the 10 
10s is not so much of an improvement over the 10 that it's worth upgrading early i think i think that's a good right consensus. yeah and the 10r replacing the 8 uh is is not really at the same price point it's a higher price point than the 8 was uh so so there really isn't that you know lower end well um, the 8 is still available though right so yeah there is that low end right right but if you already have an 8 you know you're not gonna buy oh yeah, yeah 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 uh so so there's not there's not a lot of pressure to upgrade this year for a lot of people i think uh so it may be just that well maybe apple would have been better off to have instead of the 10r something a little bit lower priced and more like the 8 form factor maybe uh or you know maybe it's a long-term play and next year everything will be great because that's the regular cycle who knows it's hard to say well to me i mean to me it's more about again we talked about privacy and security and stuff like that in the past and that seems to be a focus for apple um if you think about it they their their cornerstone products i guess is the look what i'm looking for all are face id products now right like the ipads now have face id the you know even the macbook air now has touch id you know um obviously apple's going towards the biometric stuff so by bringing out the 10r they've brought out another lower what you know i'm doing air quotes lower costs or lower cost of entry device that has you know the the face id technology right so um and you know and, and i think with the with the t what is it or the uh, a12 bionic is that what it's called um being able to do machine learning and or the machine the machine learning support and, and all that kind of stuff but that that's where they're they're kind of taking in the market or they want the market to go you know we've all said before apple kind of goes where apple puts the puck in the corner and we go get it you know kind of thing um you know the whole sort of gretzky go where the puck is going kind of thing right um apple kind of knows seems seems to know in in advance of what we know where the puck is going or where the puck should go right yeah no uh, doubt no doubt but and they're all great phones but but there is a little bit of a a void in the in the lower price market that yeah yeah sure, keep sure. People from buying new phones sure yeah hmm. yeah it definitely seems to me that for app developers you probably won't expect your market to get much bigger um mm-hmm. but there might be a shift because it is going up market for where apple is focusing that maybe there might be a shift in the kind of customer that you end up having right um, right exactly it kind of making me think about subscription pricing and if somebody dropped i don't know what was it what was the low price for 10r was it like 749 us somebody's dropping 749 you better use safe area insets <laughs> you know you better be notch compatible you better use right, biometrics exactly. uh, you can't sort of skate by with some of the things you could before so definitely in your interest to uh, watch those wwdc videos make sure you modernize your app and get them ready for whatever happens next year well another point about that uh, i raised a couple of weeks ago was that you know these new devices uh, I don't know about the iPads, but the new these three new devices all uh, are use that ARM 64e um, architecture. So that's why Apple's pushing us. I think by March sometime sometime there's a, there's a deadline to have updates and and new apps have to support um, what they're calling the iPhone 10R. But it's because of the architecture, I'm sure. Um, you know, with, with uh, the iOS 12 SDK, right? Um, that's something that that's got to be considered as well, right? Because they want you to they want us to support their their new their new devices and architectures, right? And then also you need to have the safe idea, safe area in there for the, the new iPads as well because they don't have, you know, bezels and home buttons, right? Right, right. Yeah, right. So we'll keep an eye on the stock. I'd like, I, I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I would I would just stay calm. You know, Apple's not dead yet. <laughs> we're not, we're not, uh, we're not ready to call it a game, call it a day yet. All right, so Jaime, the day has finally arrived with Verizon. What do we got there? 
soon to arrive technically but yeah uh, folks will remember that we talked about the dual sim capability for these brand new iphones we were just talking mm-hmm. about uh sadly verizon didn't properly support it for reasons that escaped me as to what the technical concerns were but uh in an internal memo that was leaked to nine to five mac verizon is telling its employees it's expecting to launch that dual sim support uh coming in early december so is the dual sim in every phone because i don't know i think i remember if we have i think bell is the only one supporting it here in, in canada as well right like is it um because we're still putting sims in our phones up here right like physical micro sims or whatever they are nano sims do you know do we know if the eSIM is in every market like is it in every device that's going to every market i think the only exception and it really wasn't even that long ago we talked about this and it's embarrassing for me um when apple announced the dual sim support i think china was the only one that had sort of a one-off model that they have two physical sims and not the eSIM. yeah i think that's okay. true yeah yeah i just clicked a link here on that same article that says there's 10 markets supporting it 10 countries supporting it sorry yeah so uh, depending on what you're how you asked the question i mean every iphone has at least one physical sim some have two and some have one physical and one eSIM. but the eSIM support completely depends upon the uh, mobile network providers supporting it as a uh, as we discovered with verizon and right so here from i'm, I'm going to say other it. canadian uh, providers so i'm going to say it again and this time i'm going to pronounce the first one correctly it's austria <laughs> canada croatia the czech republic germany hungary india spain the uk and u.s sprint smaller carriers don't support it um and then so now we've added verizon to this i guess right uh, yeah because that was that was an article from september september 13th and this one is from november 21st so two months later two and a month two months and a bit later so okay so it's uh, a verizon t-mobile and at&t were, were what apple originally announced but you said verizon's just finally got their act together right yeah there was something weird where if you had the second sim activated then your verizon um original count stuff went down to 2g which is obviously not an acceptable user experience so they must have discovered something on a technical nature that they had to resolve in their network. Right, right. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, on to the main stuff. Um, this just in, literally, today was announced uh, on uh, The Verge, I believe, that, uh, or Apple News, actually, that, well, The Verge is Apple News, that App- Amazon is now selling Macs, iPads, Apple Watches, and Apple TVs. I, I was just telling the guys before the show that I'm looking to get an Apple TV 4K for my house and waiting for the Black Friday sales, which will be over by the time you hear this. But, um, you know, I have been looking at Amazon too, and I, I did notice that Amazon doesn't sell Macs. At least in Canada, it doesn't sell Macs. I mean, because of course we have this border thing again with uh, you. There's a different Amazon.com versus Amazon.ca, and other countries, I'm sure, I'm sure UK and all that kind of stuff have their own Amazons as well. But um, so now I, this is selling through Apple. So I guess I'm not sure if Amazon's become a direct dealer or they're selling products on behalf of Apple. But uh, the pricing wasn't that great when I looked at it this morning. But again. It may, this may not be available in in Canada, Amazon Canada. But have you guys looked at Amazon dot com to see what um, where the Macs and stuff are available there? I'll do that right now. This is news to you guys. Yeah, while well, Mark looks that up, I I haven't. Uh, I did hear that this news was coming. It was in the article I'd seen presented as sort of like, hey, uh, all these resellers are going bye bye, and because yeah, Amazon has a, pretty, a very special deal with Apple to say, hey, if you're going to sell these Apple products, they're going to come directly from us. Right, right. Push everybody yeah. else, which in some respects is not a bad thing because it, uh, Amazon has struggled to deal with um, like people having you know quote unquote oh this is a new device it's like no it's not it's a refurbished device being sold as a new device and you're getting oh, scammed right, or right. Um, peripheral components like lightning cables hey I, I thought this was being sold through being an Apple one but nope it turns out it's some knockoff and I th- 
think from Apple's side, they were like, Amazon, you have to just remove it all if we're going to put us our stuff officially on your site. Like, we need to make sure that we control that part of the experience. Well, yeah, and Apple is very, very particular about uh, record keeping and stuff like that with, with, you know, and like, you know, I'm sure Amazon.com won't be able to sell me a Mac because I'm in Toronto and would break the, the rules for Apple selling across borders and stuff like that, right? So, so I'm seeing the, the full range of Macs here, uh, as well as yeah. the iPhone 10, the iPad 2. It's kind of a weird one to be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple Watch. Apple what Pencil. does the Mac pricing look like, comparatively speaking? Well, let's see. You got the... I'm trying to find out. Let's see where it starts here. Okay. So they've got the 12-inch MacBook Rose Gold for 1249 The MacBook 12-inch regular, 1169 The 256-gig 12-inch MacBook is 859 So I'm not seeing any high-end ones here. That's interesting. I'm not seeing any high uh, MacBook Pros. Mm. There's a 13.3-inch MacBook Air Silver is 909 If we go back to that that uh, first Rose Gold one you mentioned, the 12-inch, I'm looking on the American site. It says 1299 for that guy starting at for 256 hmm? for the apple for, yeah. Um, yeah 12 inch macbook yep i think you said 1299 for yeah, the, first for the rose gold yes yeah yeah 1249 1249 okay 1249. yeah so it can't be the right yeah. price unless they're undercutting apple mm. which wouldn't surprise me yeah uh <laughs> apple it, tv 4k for 199 really that's a good well is that a good price let me check i think that's a standard price uh, new mac mini for 799 prime available so we can get it by friday november 23rd right yeah. as of this recording it is wednesday the 21st air Pods for 154. Yeah, how much was that Apple TV? 179 for the 32 gig, 64 gig. 199 for the 64 gig 4K. Yeah, that's same price as on, on Apple site. Yeah. You can so buy an iPad 3 for 99 bucks. Really? Yeah. iPad 3. That's, that's for the 32 pin connector. Yeah. Why would you do that? If you've only got 99 bucks and you want an I iPad, guess. that's the one to get. Yeah, I guess. Nothing wrong with it. A little bit slow by today's standards. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, it's interesting to see what will happen with with Amazon. Um, yeah, I mean, because with Amazon, well, see, with that, the thing about this is like, okay, so if I buy it from Apple, it's going to come for free because it's going to get free shipping and it's going to come like relatively quickly. So I don't see the advantage of buying from Amazon in that case. Because, you know, unless you have Amazon Prime, you know. Well, if you have Amazon Amazon Prime and the Amazon Prime credit card that gives you the 5% back. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Then that's probably a reasonably good deal. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to see what, but like, like yeah, this is, this is a day when I'm glad I'm no longer a reseller because trying to compete with Amazon would be suicide. Yeah. You know, yep. it was bad enough competing with Apple, Apple stores. All right. So moving on. So it looks like my future king, um, Prince William, has launched into attacking um, the social tech, tech giants on, on their problems. I guess he's weighing in on um, the issues that uh, that we've been seeing with the Facebooks and the, you know the, all the disclosures and things that people are having trouble with. Uh, and it sort of follows up with an, with an article I'm going to talk about in a minute with Tim Cook. But uh, he's weighed in on, on uh, how he sees uh, the social network, social networks, the Twitters, the Facebooks the Snapchats, YouTubes, Apple, and Google, Apple as well in there. Um, he's, I guess he's a little upset with people, so. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think everything he's saying is true, but what makes him an expert? <laughs> yeah. Why do we care what he says? <laughs> um, well, it's, I just think it's interesting that, that you know, somebody from the British monarchy is finally weighing in on this stuff, right? Um, it's been, a, I mean, long time coming, if you think about it. Like, it should have, they should have said something a long time before this, right? Um, yeah, I think that, I think it's sort of the, the, the proliferation 
generation of cyberbullying, which has been around for a number of years now, and hate speech, and you know, obviously the fake news and all that kind of stuff is uh, is going to be a problem. You guys saw that that um, we talked about deep fake a couple couple of months ago, I guess, but uh, you guys saw the Obama announcement that was apparently put out a little while ago, and it was um, as if Obama was talking about things, but it was actually I think the the voice was done by one of the guys from P and Key and Peel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had yeah. heard that, Mark? No, I hadn't, haven't heard of that one. Oh, yeah. And it was, it's a video that was came out like in the middle of last week. And it was, you know, one of these demonstrations of, I, I don't know if it was meant to be a demonstration or just a comedy piece or whatever, but it, it looked like Obama and it was like completely done with deep fake. And, and the voicing was done by uh, by uh, um, the director guy from who, who made the movies. What's his name? Um, Jordan Peele, I think his name Jordan is. Jordan Peele, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he did the voicing of Obama. It didn't, to me, you could tell it wasn't Obama's voice, but it, it certainly did look a lot like his face, you know. So in this in this uh, apparent video, you know, except for the yeah. fact that he was sitting at the the White House Oval Office table with an American flag behind him, which we all know is not possible to do these days, right? From a set point of view, but that was interesting. Um, and there was, there was a CBC did a thing on that same thing where um, I, I know we've diverged away from the cyberbullying thing, but uh, they did a demonstration where you could basically put anybody's face on on live video these days, right? So scary stuff. Anyway, um, and then the second story that follows up on this one um, is that uh, Tim Cook has now called out and, and said that um, he thinks that the regulation is going to have to be have to come into play. I, I think he means government regulation. Uh, he says it is inevitable uh, the way things are going. That uh, you know he's not a fan of it, but uh, he's a big believer in free market. He says, but it's just getting out of hand. And of course, I don't know what government is going to basically be able to win behind that. But there you go. <laughs> you guys had a chance to read this piece. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I don't know how quick it will come, but I do think we will have some rough equivalent of GDPR, the General Data Protection right. Regulations that the EU has passed, I think will pass in some shape or form in the United States. If I were to ballpark it, I would say in the next 10 to 20 years, we'll have some you know American equivalent of that. Um, so I think I think Tim Cook's right on that. I do, I don't know, I, it, I can't really talk about this one without also talking about some of the privacy-related stuff that Apple has been getting, getting dinged on, and I don't even know if it's fair or not. I've, my opinion has changed on it depending on my mood. So uh, we do know that Apple is doing, you know, very, very excellent job uh, in general about uh, dealing with privacy. Uh, Mm -hmm. The thing that people are most specifically picking on recently that I I haven't decided, you know, where I would fall. And I think I fall on one side of him being sort of ideologically pure and I fall on a different side of him being pragmatic. And that's the relationship with Google as the default search engine. For Apple? Yeah. Which if you say, all right, you know, Google's on the dirty side of in terms of, um, you know, not being as concerned about your privacy as Apple is. The argument goes, that, well, isn't that sort of inconsistent to be like, hey, we really care about your privacy, but here's this tiny little keyhole that somebody can go peep at you through. I think that's a fair point, but on the pragmatic side, I'm like, well, I kind of don't want my iPhone to suck when I search real stuff on the web, you know? <laughs> it, it, it's sort of a, a convenience aspect to have things sort of just work. Certainly, I could just fire up Safari and use DuckDuckGo. It's not as convenient as just typing it into Spotlight, which uses Google under the covers, unless you go in and change the settings. Oh, really? And, yeah. and, and so I don't know. And, and, and Apple like gets paid a boatload. They probably are literal boats that just sort of show up across the bay, you know, <laughs> delivering money to, to Apple. Um, I, don't, I don't know what to think about that one, but I, I do generally agree with, with Tim Cook's sort of stance that this privacy aspect is going to be inevitable. We will definitely have to deal with it as developers. Uh, we should really start thinking about it now. Yeah, right. Well, but but aren't other other things like telephone and newspaper and television and radio and, and 
and television, aren't they regulated in the United States in terms of what you can show at certain times of day and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, and, and that's where it's sort of tricky because those scale really well in terms of how do you, you know, you know, what sort of regulation would you have and what sort of measures would you put in place to make sure that fake news doesn't come out, as an example, on um, CBS's nightly news. It, there's kind of only a handful of people that get involved in having to deal with that, and it impacts, you know, millions of people. With something like Facebook and Google and Twitter, they're sort of stuck with like, well, we have hundreds of millions of people, or in the case of Facebook, we have billions of people. They're all, everybody is essentially a publisher in that sort of world. So how do you really deal with things like the cyberbullying that Prince William mentioned? I think mm-hmm. they could do doing better. I don't know that it's a solvable problem because you don't really have, uh, to use a really terrible sounding metaphor, you don't really have one throat to choke, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. oh, right. You, you, you throttle, you know, Facebook and it dies. Okay, great. Somebody else fills the void. You haven't really solved the problem. Yeah, I don't know. And then there's the other side of it too. I don't know if you got, have you guys heard about the, the thing that happened here in a Toronto private school last, last week? No, I'm unaware. No. Okay. So, well, there was a hazing, right? Of a grade nine student by some, it's an all boys school here. And there was a hazing and um, basically involved sexual assaults by a bunch of boys on, on a younger, younger kid. And it was, it was taped with phones, right? Recorded. And it was published onto Instagram and it went viral. And of course, that's how the school found out about it. And I mean, so then the, the, the thing that turned around was that any kid that had this rec- this video on their phone was in p- possession of child pornography, right? So there was a whole sort of, and again, like kind of spirals out of control really quickly, right? And and how do you explain to a 13-year-old kid that the, the video you're showing your friends is actually pornographic, you know? Because um, like today, it's, there's so much access to, to that kind of content. You, you know, as parents, we can't control what our kids do and don't see, right? Um, especially when, you know, because you and I both, we all know, like having grown up, you know, the, you know, even though I grew up when there was no internet, you still found out about stuff and you still saw stories and you still were you know, handed books and magazines and stuff like that when you were a kid, right? Um, but you hadn't heard, you guys hadn't heard about that. Yeah, so, so basically like six of the kids have been charged and it's, it's a, you know, real, the whole schools and an uproar and, and yet, you know, it's, 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 I hate to say it, but it's, it's not something that just happened out of the blue. It's not like, you know, like a random shooting in a, in a McDonald's. This is something, this hazing practice has been going on for years. And I'm sure that this is not the only school that's happening. It just happened to be that how it was discovered was by somebody posting the original video up on, on Instagram and then going viral, right? But with all these, these school kids, right? I mean, it was so bad that like the, the newspapers or the, the news channels won't even post it on their websites, you know? So, yeah. 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 So, so that's a really good example to use for like, you know, the CBS nightly news with Lester Holt is never, ever going to show that video that you just talked right, about. Right. They might reference right. it. And, then, and actually, now that you've described more about it. I, I probably overheard some of that stuff. I assumed it was in the United States. I didn't even know it was in Canada because I wasn't listening that closely. I was probably doing dinner or something. Right. Um, yeah. So there is like the measure of control to make sure that like bad stuff doesn't get out. I don't really blame Instagram per se for this one because no, like no, their no. platform yeah, is no, being used. But it's, blaming. It could have been Facebook but, or it could have been whatever. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Like, but it's hard to like, how would they address this? Those of you out there might be shaking fists and like, aha, well, we can use on-device machine learning to make sure that, you know, a video of this type does 
doesn't get, you know, uploaded. It's like, well, okay. But then you have the other side of that that has happened with automated stuff, uh, in particular Facebook, where their um, automated censoring stuff removed people sharing. Um, I forget what the title of this photo is, but it's an iconic, um, horrible photo uh, from the Vietnam era where there's like the napalm being dropped and there's right. like the naked children running towards the camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. Another one. You mean like, the little, that's a historical girl, yeah? document, yeah. right? And it's something we should never forget because it's a terrible time in uh, in humanity. But if you're writing, you know, machine learning stuff to avoid, you know, naked bodies and naked children's bodies, you're probably going to end up blocking that one unintentionally. So it's not really a, hey, we just throw some engineering at it sort of problem. And that's sort of where I'm, I'm a, like, I can appreciate what Prince William is trying to do. I just don't really have a great sense of how it can move forward in an effective way, in, in a global way, because that's sort of where we are now, a, a globally connected society. Yeah. I mean, like the, the monarchy is sort of upper, upper, upper management, you know, in, in terms of Canadian governments, you know, um, and even in your British government, right? They're, they're, they're there, they're the head of state, but, you know, they're not really the, the government per se, you know, they, they're symbolic leadership, right? Um, you know, like, like you guys have your House of Representatives and the Senate and that kind of stuff. We have our parliament, our parliaments here, you know, and the UK has their own parliament as well, right? So um, it's, it's, you know, it's, in, in, if you equate it to like a corporate environment, it's like, it's like this, the, by the time it gets to the very top of the, the, the top of the food chain or the, the command chain, it's, it's kind of, you know, watered down. So I'm sure that, I'm sure the monarchy has known about this for a long time, or at least, you know, young, I mean, and, it, and maybe it's Prince William because he's, he's a younger guy. I mean, he's, you know, in his thirties, I think. Right. So he's, uh, he's the voice of the future. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's coming back to the, the whole sort of regulation thing. It's, uh, the genie is out of the bottle. So it's like, how do you, how do you, how do you, you know, control it once it's already been released? You know, like you can't unsee things, you know what I mean? Like in that sense, um, come a long way. Anyway, not much we can add about that. Well, speaking of privacy, um, and Apple, Apple is uh, apparently acquired an AI startup that has a privacy conscious approach. So they've acquired Silk Labs, which apparently focused on building on device machine learning software, which right. seems like it's right up Apple's alley of they don't want to have your information. And so they're approaching it from a let's do everything uh, locally on your device right. or devices instead of the uh, Amazon, Microsoft, Google approach of doing things in the cloud. I don't have a lot to add here other than what the article has, but apparently it was uh, co-founded by a former Mozilla CTO. Mm -hmm. They launched one product apparently via Kickstarter. It didn't sort of go anywhere, but I guess the tech was pretty solid, even if their business plan wasn't. And so they've uh, reportedly been acquired by Apple. Well, it's probably an aqua hire. They just, they acquired them for the people as opposed to the products. Mm-hmm. But who mm -hmm. knows? Cool. Well, hopefully they, they, uh, they use their, their powers for good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> great power comes great responsibilities. That's what Mr. Lee used to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm still, I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys remember, but I'm still concerned that um, um, AI is only as good as the data we feed it. If we feed it biased information, we can just amplify those biases, right? So. Oh, that's absolutely true, for sure. I have to be careful of that, right? So Yeah, I, I think I would go one step forward and say categorically and definitively, we will feed it biased data, even unintentionally. And so it's a never-ending struggle to make sure that we can reduce and continue to improve 
how that bias mm-hmm. is uh, enacted and dealt with. Right, right. Cool. All right. So I guess we're at the pick part of the show, the grammar. So let's see what uh, what kind of picks Jaime has. What do you got for us, Jaime? Mine is the uh, set of conference talks from Swift Heroes 2018, which I believe was in Italy. I'd have to look it up. I'll do some real-time follow-up on that. I believe uh, some of these talks, just based on the titles and the people, are some that I've seen before, like um, Paul Hudson's uh, Separation Concerns, Refactoring View Controllers Live, and Ellen Shapiro's Series Shortcuts were both very good that I've seen at other conferences. But there's some new ones on here that look pretty interesting to me, like um, Daniel Lever's GraphQL for Mobile Developers, and where was the other one in the list? Um, Advanced Swift Optics by Elvira Roca, which, despite the title, because I kind of clicked through really quickly, I don't think it has anything to do with like image handling. It seemed to be some sort of thing called lenses that you can use to do nifty cool programming tricks. So it sort of mm. tickled my fancy as like, oh, I don't know what an optic is. Let me go check this out. And unfortunately, I haven't, so I can't sort of speak to, to that particular talk. But there are 15 videos here for your enjoyment. Let's see. Where was Swift Heroes? In Italy? Where specifically? In Italia. Turin. Torino. Mm. That's your follow-up. Cool. Just looking at some of the some of the people speaking. Interesting stuff. Okay. Um, my pick's kind of, um, you know, we talk about um, having iOS on the Mac. Um, so, you know, because that's the, the, the marzipan sort of thing coming forward and uh, I was delighted to find uh, yesterday a tweet through on Twitter about running uh, the original Mac operating system on iOS and using this Mac e-mini or virtual mini or a virtual Mac mini virtual Mac for iOS so I took it for a spin today it's basically a github project which is uh, Xcode I think it's a port of this this uh, virtual Mac uh, thing that's been going around for a little while um, you can download a, a Mac ROM uh, image and import it into this uh, thing and and here I can show, I don't know if you guys might remember the sound, but if you haven't ever heard it before, I'm just going to open up my iPad here, hold it up to the microphone, and launch this little virtual, this app, and... You basically opened up a like a, a Mac mini, or original 128 or Mac Plus a two finger swipe over here. I load in the floppy disk and I've got Welcome to Macintosh and I have System Startup disk and a trash can and file edit view special menus and all that kind of stuff. And um, you can load up disk images of of programs. Of course, I've got all my floppy disks turned into disk images years ago, so I have to go find out the CD where I put them on. But I can load up you know Dark Castle or Beyond Dark Castle or all those you know Mac Paint or Mac Mac right and play around on my play around with Mac OS on my iPad. So not the Mac OS you're thinking of, but the Mac OS I'm thinking of. That's cool. The real question is, does it actually say trash or does it say bin? <laughs> well, this is before localization. I mean, well before local. Everything's in American, right? So, <laughs> mind you, I think they did have uh, localized operating systems back then too. But um, you know, it says trash, and it's the it's the old. Uh, it's it's basically the black and white OS. You can there is there are a couple of uh, options for. Um, uh, Macs you can emulate. Let me just open it up again. You can you can emulate a, a Mac Plus, um, a 128K Mac, as I said before. Um, just going to do a two finger swipe here. It's really kind of cool using the mouse, using your finger as a mouse. Um, I have to say, um, yeah. Okay, it's got British, French, Spanish, a couple of Spanishes, and U.S. Whatever country that is, I'm not sure. Um, but you can run Mac 2 in here, which basically means you can run a color operating system as well. So um, I've currently got System 608 loaded up on it um, from a floppy, but because uh, I don't know if you. 
remember back in those days, you'd be, you either if you didn't have a hard drive, you used to boot off a floppy. So you would have a you would create a um, put a system system file on like a Mac Mac Word or Mac Write um, uh, floppy disk, and then you'd, you'd basically launch your app right onto that. And then it, to save, you'd have to flop switch out the floppy disk and that kind of stuff. But you can create uh, create images and stuff like that, and it uses the document directory on in in the iOS app to to be like your file system, so you can store different disk images and stuff like that, and create you know I could create a hard drive on here, I suppose, and load an OS on it, and I'll have to give that a shot. But yeah, I just I just load this up just you know a couple of hours before the the show. Um, like I said, I saw this yesterday, but yeah, it's lots of fun playing around with the original Mac OS on on my iPad. I think we were talking to Jonathan about that last week, right? We were ta- on Spotcast. He was talking about the fact that he's got some really old uh, format stuff from his original Macs because I think his first Mac was a Classic Two or Classic. So he's got like you know Claris work documents and stuff like that, and you know there's no way to read them. And and basically use use uh, Dropbox or iCloud or uh, Air Sharing or what do you call it? AirDrop. AirDrop mm-hmm. to transfer files over to this this OS, which is kind of cool, right? So I had never considered this as a possibility for Jonathan's problem of like he <laughs> wants to, he wants to look at his old work that he has done before. Yeah. Why doesn't he use that disk image and load it into his iPhone <laughs> or his iPad and yeah, scroll yeah. around? Totally, totally. Wow. Yeah, no, it's just this is cool. Like I, like all those old games are fun. I mean, like I don't know if you if you ever if you ever I don't know if you've ever even heard of Dark Castle. Have you heard of Dark Dark Castle, Mark? Of course, used to play it yeah, on so the old, it, I don't, on it, Mac. It had an Easter egg. If uh, do you remember what the Easter egg was on Christmas Day, Mark? I don't remember that. No. So the way the game worked is you went into this this main you went into this mansion and in the main hall you went into different rooms and you had you know you tried to solve these puzzles and if you and if you fell you would land in the dungeon you'd have to escape out of the dungeon and you used to throw rocks at these rats and bats and stuff like that and it was a whole two D world but when you came into the main hall during on Christmas Day there would be an elaborate black and white you know rendered Christmas tree there so yeah that was uh, lots of fun so it was always fun to play Beyond Dark Castle and Dark castle on christmas day but i've got all those old helicopter games and all kinds of old mac 68k stuff archived somewhere you know so this is fun does this mean that you now you have um HyperCard on iOS through this Hypercard. mechanism. I technically could, yeah, I could load up HyperCard on here. You're right. Mm-hmm. In fact, I still, in fact, I still have a, um, a sealed set of manuals and, and and I have all the floppy disks for all this stuff. You know, I even have I even have a, a bunch of uh, System One floppy disks that Carol found me on eBay once. Mm. So I've got the original, uh, you know, 400k floppies with the Apple logos on them and the whole bit. You know, so. I've still got a, a sealed box with Microsoft Word for the <laughs> on yeah. floppy, and it was it was like it's like 50 floppy disks in a box. Yeah, yeah. Themselves. It would have been Word 6, probably, or Word yeah, 4, maybe. Yeah, I think it was probably 6. Or 4, maybe. I think 4 yeah. was one was floppy, was a lot of floppy. But I have I have an original box of um, uh, Mac Write, and I think I have Mac Draw as well, or sorry, Mac Paint. But I definitely have Mac Paint on, on floppy disk for sure. And I've got a, I have a working uh, uh, 512K Mac here as well. But this is this is much faster than a 512K Mac, if you can imagine, right? <laughs> like, I don't know if you heard how quickly it booted up there, but uh, yeah, it was like, you know, I just tapped the, the icon and it went bing it, in the, the original ones it would take you know a good two three minutes just reading off the floppy before you would get uh, past the post or a power on self test right which is what the bing is yep cool stuff actually I, w- I should try the uh, the Mac 2 version because that would have the uh, the chime instead of the bing right so that's what we'll, that's what I'll have fun with is, is working on Mac Mac OS on I'll freak people out on the on the streetcar by opening up my Mac and opening up opening up Mac OS on uh, actually it's not even Mac OS it's System 6 it wasn't even called back Mac OS back 
then and just you know play around with that on on the streetcar freak people out mm. mm-hmm. i wonder if if uh the paint program is easier to use than it would be with a mouse it's kind of a little oh, bit definitely, more natural definitely, yeah there's a video there's, de- there's a demo video on the on the site on the if you follow the link um where he actually writes the word hello and then copies it makes a picked out of it and copies it and then pastes it into uh, a mac write document and say, you know saying welcome to macintosh and then hello just like steve jobs did back in the original announcement lots of fun so you get got to dig out your old inside macintosh books to start programming it right yeah Remember i actually that? have uh i have the i have a volume with i think volume one to three in one big giant tome mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's quite thick it's in the i know exactly where it is in the garage too so mm-hmm. <laughs> i have to get my old uh, my old uh, code warrior discs out right mm, yeah code warrior yeah. and i've got my uh my, i've got my uh, learning c on the mac by uh, dave mark um from back in i think it might have been system six or seven so probably came with a floppy disk or a cd-rom mm-hmm. i have to have to dig that out and start writing some uh legacy legacy software but there you go yeah we're back in time i'll be the only you know mac developer around <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so that's my pick so my pick is uh I, i've talked a lot about uh machine learning and lots of different machine learning courses out there i've got a new i found a new course that that people might be interested in this one uh if you remember a, a long time ago i talked about a course on coursera which is one of these online learning places by andrew ing who's a professor at stanford and, and an expert in in machine learning uh that was a, a a general machine learning course and there's a lot of different types of machine learning out there uh neural networks are kind of the most trendy right now and most used right now but there's support vector machines and just regular regression techniques and bayesian techniques that are all you know just sort of general machine learning but but now as i said uh, neural networks are are the most predominant type of machine learning out there uh and uh in particular things called uh deep neural networks or deep learning are really big right now and these are neural networks with just a whole lot of layers so huge numbers of, of free parameters and they've recently become more used and more popular be- because computing has computer power has caught up to uh the the uh the the needs to do these networks so you know there are now computers are fast enough to actually use these networks pretty regularly and reliably uh and the amount of data out there is enough to actually train these networks so so deep learning is a thing you'll hear a lot about these days and and Andrew Ng, the same professor has another actual series of courses they call it a specialization on Coursera uh, called deep learning.ai mm. and it consists of five shorter courses so it's you, you know the old one was a was a full length course and you know many many weeks long uh but this one it's broken up into five smaller ones that are all about they say three or four weeks but you know i actually went through them a lot quicker than that each maybe maybe because i'm a little bit familiar with some of the topics already but uh, and so it may you know maybe for a beginner it may take uh, the full amount of time but but they're they're much shorter uh and the, the courses are the first one is neural networks and deep learning which is just a general introduction to what deep networks are deep neural networks are and how they work then course two is improving deep neural networks hyperparameter turning regularization and optimization course three is structuring machine learning projects and so those three are sort of just all about sort of general types of deep neural networks and, and how they work and then the last two one of them is called convolutional neural networks which is, which is a specialized technique that's really really powerful for computer vision and, and image learning and my guess is in fact more than the guess is that that's what they use at over at Apple for for all the you know the photo recognition and create ml and, and all that kind of stuff and Google photos these are all based on convolutional neural neural networks these are techniques that have been really developed strongly just in the last you know five or ten years or so and have really become 
mainstream. Uh, and then the last one is sequence models. That's all about something called recurrent networks, which are sort of time-based networks for, for learning sequences, time-based sequences of things. So they're really good for voice recognition or, or uh, uh, natural language programming or, uh, sorry, natural language, uh, what is it? Natural language processing? Processing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, which is, which is, uh, uh, you know, how that they, how they recognize, uh, that's like how Google Translate works, uh, how recognizing text and learning, reading from text and learning from text and things like that. So anything that has a time component. So they're, they're pretty good courses. You know, they're just like anything online. You'll, you'll get out of them what you put into them. You can go through the courses and do all the exercises and watch all the videos and just kind of, you know, do the homeworks and get them all right and, and not necessarily learn anything. But if you put the time right. in and really try to understand everything that's going on, there's a, there's a lot of information in there and they're, and they're pretty good courses. So I, so I recommend checking them out if you have an interest in this thing. What's nice about it is, is that they have it, like I said, broken up into the courses, the, the five smaller courses, and they've got the, the one whole course on convolutional networks and the, and the one on, on uh, recurrent networks, which are both kind of interesting and kind of go beyond what some of the other courses do. So definitely check it out on Coursera. So how much, what is Coursera? Is it like free to do it? And, but if you pay, if you want a certificate, yeah. Or so like this, this is kind of interesting. They've, they've changed their, mo- it used to be all free. Okay. They went to, uh, to uh, a model where you had to uh, pay per course, mm-hmm. uh, but you could audit the course. And, and originally, I, I think you could audit the course and still have access to all the materials, but you wouldn't get the official certificate. And then they changed it again to, well, you can buy it when you audit the course, you can watch the videos, but you don't have access to any of the quizzes or anything like that. Uh, and, and that's kind of where it is now. You can watch the videos if you don't pay for it, but but you can't get access to the homework or, or the videos or anything like that. But okay. they've moved now to a subscription model, which is kind of nice. Uh, mm. So instead of paying by the course, it used to be like 50 bucks per course, uh, but now it's $50 per month and you can do as much as you want to do in a month, which is, mm. which is pretty nice. So so all of these five courses, you know, I paid the $50 once and I've finished them all at this point or I'm very close to finishing the last one right now. Uh, and I can do as many more as I want, you know, in the next few weeks of the of the month. So it's fifty dollars a month. Is that fifty dollars a month subscription? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. So it's kind of a it's a pretty good deal, you know. If you if you have the time and you want to put the effort in, you know, for fifty bucks, you get access to a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I think uh, I think Linda dot com was was I think that was twenty five dollars. I used to pay that back in back when I was working mm-hmm. for myself and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And I always made sure I went and learned something at least during once during a month. You know. Yep. Yep. Um. Cool. So this is under the specializations. So that's what I've linked under here. Deep learning specialization. Deep learning right? specialization. Right. Yeah, because there are tons of deep learning courses. Actually, it's funny that um, you mentioned that because I was, I was listening to a, a, a podcast this morning and they were giving a real quick uh, definition of what, um, is this machine learning, right? No, it's just deep learning, different thing, right? Well, no, they're not really. Well, so so machine learning is like, you know, rather than programming a computer to do a task step by step, you train a computer to do a task was sort of the TLDR definition of what deep learning was for this this broadcast I was listening to earlier. Well, um, machine learning is a very broad term. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, 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 a, it's a pretty broad term that covers pretty much any any time where you have some kind of a computer model and you give it a lot of data and it, and it essentially learns from the data right. uh, and then right. you can apply that learning to make predictions about other things that are in that category but not the same data that you started from very very broad definition of what machine learning is and there's a lot of different types of machine learning or AI you know it's 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 kind of so in some ways it's the same thing but maybe the purists would have defined them differently but they're you know similar things uh, there's many 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 different types uh, of 
one of which is using neural networks. And neural networks have been around for a long time, but it's only mm-hmm. in recent years that the computing power was was there to to really make them work well. Uh, and and because the computers have gotten so powerful, they've they've started to dominate the the space of of machine learning. And there's a specific area of neural networks uh, that is called deep learning, and and those are use those use what are called deep neural networks, which again is not it's not really a different thing. It's just a it's just a different term to describe networks that have a lot of layers. Uh, that it, and they're called deep because they have a deep you know they're deep in layers. They're very wide in layers, uh, and the the deeper you make the network, the more capable of learning they are. Of course, at more computational cost, but but uh, but they are you know they're capable of learning more. So deep learning is the new trendy hot hotness in machine learning. Uh, although, but it is a type of machine learning. It's not it's not a separate thing from machine learning. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. So it says here on the, the page I'm looking at, it starts November 21st. So is, it, so is this? You say you've already done the courses, but yeah, are yeah. the courses like yeah, you can I, dive I, right in. I or? noticed that myself. It the since the courses are completely self driven, it starts mm-hmm. whatever day you start. Oh, okay, okay. So if you wait till tomorrow, it'll start November 22nd. Right. And right. all the oh, deadlines are are based on the day you start because it's not yeah. it's not like there's a there's a strict you know timing where the class is only held once and you have to take it at that time. Right. They're all they're all uh, self self driven. Yeah, I was just looking at one of the one of the breakdowns here. There's quite a few videos mm-hmm. to go through, I guess. Yes. So it's not like you can sit down and do it all in one sort of sitting. Well, you can. I mean, they're they're short videos. Most yeah. of the videos are anywhere between five and twenty minutes long. Mm, okay. Each one, each so, video. So it's sort of like um, Khan Academy in a sense. Yeah, and in fact, I mean, all of the within a given say given week, most of the videos really are one continuous thing, but they're broken up to make it a little bit more digestible. Right. Uh, right. Usually, I would just watch them straight through because the top once once you start watching on a topic, you just watch the whole thing. Sure. Sure. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, to check it out. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. And it says here you can you can try it for 14 days and get your refund if you're not yep. satisfied or whatever. Uh, yeah. That's actually what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Well, I ended up paying the fifty bucks at the end yeah. because I wasn't yeah. quite finished. and I want to finish. Sure, but I start, sure. but I started with that. So did you? So you start by paying, or you start with the fourteen day trial? I think I only got a seven day trial. So you know, I, mm. I, I I probably could have finished all five courses in the fourteen days because I was going pretty quickly through them. Mm-hmm, but you mm-hmm. know, most most people probably want to take more time to do it. I I wanted to get through them fast, so I did that. Yeah. So yeah. I only had a seven day trial, and I got through I think the first three. No, mm. I probably didn't get that that many done. Maybe the first. Two in the first week, sure. and then I paid the fifty dollars to get the rest of them. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well, I guess that's it for the week. And so, Jaime, if people want to get in touch with you on the interwebs, where would they look? I'm on Twitter as at Dev the Hair. And Mark, if people want to get in touch with you, Mark R at Smapsoft.com. All right. And I am Tim Mitra, T I M M I T R A on the Twitter machine, and that's the best way to get a hold of me. So, until next week, we'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash mtjc. 
You can find details on how to help us out on our website at mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Midnight on Thursday to find out what they're going to offer, right? If anything. Yeah, they barely offer anything. It's almost not even worth it. Yeah. Well, I want to get a... One thing on my list is to get an Apple TV 4K. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, well, I just... Um, I finally got my alarm system updated, so it's now cellular instead of... Uh, or Wi-Fi, they call it, uh, instead of uh, wireless, I guess. Instead of using a phone, a landline. So I finally ca- canceled my landline. So, uh, which is... That was like basically $45 a month for something I never even used, right? Other than the fact that I needed it for the alarm system for and for internet right and then um bell said to me you know well we what about tv i'm like well i use rogers for tv they're so they're like well we have this this thing called five ox which is streaming television right not using a cable box right mm-hmm. and i said well i said well I, I, i'm not interested i couldn't get my wife to to watch you know tv on her ipad if my life depended on it right and they're like well you know if you bundle the ox tv for a year with your internet you know i was i was paying 120 dollars a month for internet with um you know unlimited or whatever they would give me both services for like eighty dollars so like like save you know almost forty dollars get rid of the forty dollar phone bill save forty dollars on the whole package and get to watch streaming television right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um but the app that, that, that runs the it's like an app you download from the ios store right and so of course it runs on apple tv so if i get the if i get you know another 4k apple tv or get a 4k for my tv down here and then i take this apple developer tv thing and put it on Carol's TV, then maybe I can get her to cut the cable, right? <laughs> you know, there's lots of sports channels on it too, which is kind of interesting. You know, for uh, not that I watch sports, but I know you guys do, right? No. How many hockey <laughs> channels are there? Well, so Rod- well, Rogers bought the hockey, right? So from CBC, so you know, when when on Saturday night there's like four games on 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 the four channels. We have two two sports channels, the Sports Network and the Sports Network Two, and then there's CBC has used to be the Hockey Net in Canada channel, and then Rogers also owns um, City TV, which is Toronto's TV channel, right? So you can there basically are four markets playing at on at the same time on Saturday night. If you're so if you're into hockey, you just you pick and choose, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The main leaf leaf game would be on on you know, CBC, and then everybody else would cover whatever other games are on, right? So it's like we have too much TV, too much hockey now. Yeah. Did you get do you get NFL games up there? Yeah. 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 Well, we have all the major channels, and you can you can uh, subscribe to ESPN and ESPN two as well, right? So yeah. I wonder if you off. have the same weird blackout rules that we have here in the U.S. from for the. Well, we do. Oh, yeah, I you think probably we do. do. Yeah. Like the the I think the Buffalo Bills are sort of our unofficial team. Yeah. That they'll come up here and play a game and you know, so I think they play a couple of games up here in Toronto. So yeah. That might make sense because they're close enough to you. Um Yeah, and I think there's a large enough fan base. I think I think I went and saw Bills game with my dad but no, maybe I didn't. I don't think I saw Bills. I saw Sabres with my dad once, but not not uh, not football. Yeah. I think, so well, hmm? the the weird rule that we have down here, I mean there's all sorts of weird blackout rules, but the, the most weird one is that 
that there's there's only one way to get out of market games like in this in this day of on demand in this age of on demand yeah. you'd expect pretty much expect to be able to just with any cable package you have or or non-cable package you have you should be able to just watch whatever game you want even if you have to pay for it right but right right but if you have I mean, pay per view you should be able to but you actually can't unless you have direct tv there's there's only one way to get those out of market games and that's through nfl prime ticket on direct tv and that's because they have an exclusive contract with the nfl and it's, right, it's right. pretty ridiculous there's there's it's a complete monopoly it's it's ridiculously overpriced ridiculously expensive and you have to have you know the, the satellite service to get it which is which is nuts yeah it's weird yeah well it's a, it's a cash grab i guess right yeah so is so yeah. so what so what games like would it be games that you could technically go to physically that you would, or you're talking about out of market like games that aren't in your yeah local like area. so I, i'm a patriots fan so i would like right. to watch every patriots game you know that i that i can uh and uh those are so i'm in since i'm in the bay area the local games are the 49er game and the raider game so right so the patriots are considered an out of market game and even when the the network game so there's always there's always a couple of games that are the official you know cbs or fox official game that they're showing on the network uh if those are going up against a local game the local channels are not allowed to show that game they have to show the local game unless the local game is sold out oh really oh okay yeah yeah because of the weird rules so so even if the official game that everyone else in the whole country or world gets to see on cbs if that's the patriots game if the raiders are playing at the same time and they're not sold out and uh or they're they're it's an away game uh then the the local stations have to show that game and i can't watch my game it's crazy yeah that's weird yeah yeah on the other hand the toronto maple Police is always sold out which is really funny but yeah no i i don't know how i don't know if we have any weird rule like that but um because i mean there's some like now that now that there's all these you know cable channels for us like you know there's 900 channels or whatever there's always a way to watch a game right so yeah i'm pretty yeah. sure yeah, right? yeah I, for, and you can for, pay for the packages for baseball, right let's say uh through comcast i can watch any game that's that's on on pay-per-view if i choose to right at any right. time including but, the Including out of market, including out of market. Yeah, it's everything's available on pay per view. Everything, uh, probably basketball and hockey too. But I, I haven't really checked. Uh, but yeah, but football, they have this crazy exclusive deal, and and it's just not available except through, like I said, except through Directv. So would crazy. that would that be the NA, the NFL doing that, or maybe they've got some deal with Directv yeah, or whatever? The NFL, right? yeah they they have a they have a deal with Directv that gives Directv the exclusive right to show out of market games, right. except right. except so, for games that. Are the official uh, the official uh, you know network games as long as they don't conflict with the local game? Like for example, if it's a if it's a Monday night football game or a Sunday night game, those are the special games when there's only one game or a Thursday night game. Then you know chances are the local team isn't isn't playing in that game. Uh, and if it if they were, it doesn't actually matter because it's there's only one game, right? So that game is always available even if it's not a market game. Yeah. But, well, but on Sundays yeah. when there's multiple games on at the same time, then it becomes an issue. Yeah, I don't know. Sports is a whole other thing. I mean, we get dumb TV rules. Jonathan was going on off on on podcast last week about the Flash because we finally got the Flash on Netflix in Tor- in Toronto or in Ontario, but but it's two days late. So, but you know, of course he so he was saying you know I have to stay off the internet, to, otherwise things get spoiled, right? 
But mm. like we have these weird. I, I I don't get the the. I don't know if it's the CRTC, which is our Canadian you know regulators or whatever, or if it has to do with advertising. I'm I'm sure it has something to do with advertising and who's paying the bill for the TV show or what or the broadcast, or whatever. Right. So because we've always had goofy rules about how things are shown here. Right. Um, like you know I I, I can't watch if, if somebody tweets something about um, Saturday Night Live. I can't watch ninety percent of the clips because they'll be blocked out or the viewers not made it available in my region or whatever's the oh we get that too. yeah but but yeah but there are i mean if but if you dig around a bit you can find it because there is a saturday night live youtube channel you can subscribe to and, and suddenly you can see all the stuff that you couldn't see that, uh, that your friend posted right mm-hmm. so i don't know it's just like i think jonathan's correct me if i'm wrong here jaime but jonathan's point was like this is like 2018 and like you you can't stop people from accessing content right like like the the you know board, national borders are, are no are not real anymore you know like you and i are talking to each other right now we're not even in the same bloody time zone you know yeah <laughs> you know, it's you're three thousand miles away right and it certainly seems silly when you have um commonwealth and former commonwealth countries that are they all speak the same language so you don't even really have to translate it which yeah, gets me yeah. to the oh yeah i wonder if the province of quebec causes issues of like well i guess we now have to have a french translation before we can even show it in canada that well, would make it uh, a little bit less straightforward but like there's no reason it couldn't show in new zealand south africa and australia and yeah, the uk yeah. at the same time as the united states yeah yeah well we can't sell you can't sell products here like like i, I don't know about tv sh- like i don't know if that's really a rule with there's a there's a language well i guess it's, there has to be the language has to be available or something with bill 331 or whatever it says or, or you don't yell at your phones people but um like we have a rule here that if you want to sell a product in canada it has to have a french uh, french labeling on it right so a lot of i think a lot maybe that's where that extra 50 bucks that goes to, uh, towards apple stuff is probably for the for the extra hassle of of making the the packaging bilingual right like they put a label they put a sticker over top of the box like the same box you guys get but they put it they put a sticker over it to, to make to have the bilingual text there right so and same you know like any any product that's sold here that unless it's imported even in imported stuff it ends up getting a, a sticker slapped on it right so physical goods i mean right so yeah i don't know i don't know i don't get it, it makes my brain I think the one last uh, thing I wanted to say about wacky um, regional rules for sports, at least here in the United States. Yeah. I, I might have the teams wrong here, so I apologize if I do, but let's just pretend I have the teams correct. So apparently there are a lot of Atlanta Braves baseball fans in Hawaii because for reasons that are unclear to me, <laughs> as Hawaii is not even close to any team, the stations there decided to get the rights to Atlanta Braves baseball. And that's what they show there. Not even vaguely close, but that is if you're watching baseball in, in Hawaii, it's going to be the Atlanta Braves. Where's where's it? Where does Atlanta practice or something? Maybe in Georgia, which Atlanta. is <laughs> oh, nowhere, Georgia. in Georgia, which is nowhere close to Hawaii. That's yeah. for sure. Well, it's like Dunedin, Florida, is where the Blue Jays practice, right? So there's a whole bunch of and there's a whole bunch of snowbirds. We call them snowbirds. Are people like retired people who go down for the winter? Yeah, for spring they, training. Yeah. Well, yeah, and they, they no, they live down there, and then yeah, but then yeah, they all hang they, around Dunedin yeah. and they go watch the spring training games right and stuff like that yeah exactly Ooh, yeah. that's actually a good question now i don't know where they train because the seattle mariners go down to peoria arizona definitely outside the state of washington for, for spring training yeah because you have winter like we do right over there not quite like you do but we do have winter you're further north than me what are you talking about you probably have, you have igloos up there in washington 
No, that's, that's up in Alaska. <laughs> we are in this nice little geographic boundary with mountains to the east, oh, mountains yeah, you're to in the west. Oh, yeah, place like, like uh, Vancouver, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I forgot the, the term. Uh, First Nations person once told me in Vancouver, or he was doing some wiring for us for a network, and he explained to me the reason why Vancouver is the way it is is because it actually was a rainforest that got cleared away, right? Mm. So, yeah, that's why. That was his theory, but I mean, you know, I mean, maybe that's the lore or whatever, but it makes sense. Now, going back to the Braves thing, I wonder if it's because for a while there, uh, the TV station TBS, which was a network, it's Turner Broadcasting Service, so it was a network formed by Ted Turner, who was based in Atlanta, uh, and it was one of the early cable stations that was available everywhere. So it was a local, originally a local Atlanta station that kind of became nationwide because it was on cable in the early days. Oh, They used to show all the Braves games. Was he the owner of the Braves at some point? he, He was, yeah, he was and maybe still is yeah uh so i wonder if if that's where it came from because they could get that channel so the only baseball they could get was braves or something like that purely a guess very well could be that's actually a pretty good point yeah <laughs> uh, weirdness but All okay right. baseball trivia question what three cities have the braves played in as the as their home base as the as the braves as the, though? As the braves mm-hmm. huh. obviously atlanta is one of them yeah well that's that's okay there's two left <laughs> no, no idea, idea. Uh, athens isn't that far away from atlanta no it's got to be something weird like like far away like like another market mm-hmm. it's like you know like we've had the hartford whalers became something new jersey devils i think yeah and then uh, i may be wrong about that you know and the colorado rockies used to be the quebec nordique that kind of thing right and the calgary flames were atlanta flames at one point i think right so that's a pretty dark name for a team <laughs> What's that? Atlanta <laughs> the Flames? Atlanta Flames? Why is that? Because it seems like a reference to Sherman burning down Atlanta during the Civil War. Oh. It, it may in fact be. It may in fact be, mm. right? It may in fact be. The Whalers, the Hartford Whalers weren't weren't like guitar players. They were <laughs> large mammal hunters, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the, Bra- the Braves started out as the Boston Braves. Oh, really? Yeah, until the 1950s. Oh, really? Yeah, so they you were. Guys, you guys had the Red Sox too, right? You still have the Red Sox, yep. Okay. So and, back in the early yeah. days, yeah, there were two, ba- two Boston teams, were the Braves and the Red Sox. Mm. Braves were the National League team. Red Sox were the American League team. Okay, right. And then they moved to Milwaukee for a bunch yeah. of Milwaukee they Braves. Were the Milwaukee Braves. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then eventually they moved to Atlanta. Does Milwaukee have a? Milwaukee doesn't have a team now. Yeah, the Milwaukee Brewers. Another trivia question. Brewers. So, oh, right. So who right. were who were they originally before they became the Milwaukee Brewers? Jaime, I don't know. This one's for you. Oof, I have no you. no idea. Let's the see. El Paso Brewers. Yeah. No, no. But you're sort of. <laughs> on the right track. Really? Texas Did they come out of like Longhorns. Dallas or something? No, no. Well, maybe maybe not much of the right track. So it's it's a it's a city where Jaime has lived. <laughs> oh, Seattle? They were the Seattle, Seattle Pilots. Oh, yeah. uh, that's where the Pilots went. I didn't, yeah, they, I knew they were Seattle Pilots here. I didn't know where they went to. Yep. yep. Ooh, interesting. More than just code, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Brooklyn Dodgers. <laughs> the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah, those, that's the LA Dodgers now, right? Mm-hmm. They are. They are. Yeah. Huh, interesting. And you know where London Bridge is? Uh, you know, you've heard of London Bridge's Falling down that, that yeah. story, isn't it yeah, in London? Nope, no, nope. Where is it? Oh, I forgot. No, it's, yeah, uh, Arizona. Oh, is that the one that they took down and moved? Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure it's Arizona. I could do some real time follow up on that. Yeah, it's 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 uh, London. The 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 song "London Bridge Is Falling Down" is about um, I think it's about the Black Plague. You know, bring around the rosy, pocket full of posies. The posies were to 
get rid of the smell mm-hmm. of all the dead people and and husha husha we all fall down is like we're all getting sick and dying so, hmm. now you know now you know where children's children's uh, things come from yeah uh, let's look one in bridge here okay right. I mean, speaking of texas baseball trivia the texas rangers who were they before they were the texas rangers i thought it might have had something related to Kansas City, but I might be thinking of the wrong relationship because there's something weird like that for the Dallas Texans or something became... That was actually the Cowboys, I think. Uh, yeah, they moved out to become the Chiefs and then the Cowboys yeah. Yeah. came, yeah. But the Texas Rangers were originally the Washington Senators. Huh. Hmm. That's the name of the basketball team that weird. the... Um, hmm. And uh, the Houston Astros were originally the Houston Colt 45s back in the day. Okay, so wow. real-time follow-up. London Bridges in Lake Havasau City, Arizona. Havasau, yeah. Okay. Big spring break place for uh, Arizonians. Mm-hmm. Well, Tim, did I kind of in line semi with your, uh, you know, going international and stuff? Did I tell you about my my idea that we we have a rare opportunity here with Brexit to recombine things so the UK can rejoin with the United States of America? And as long as we're coming, you know, I think Canada can jump on mm-hmm. on the van too, get on the bus, join us all. With some, I haven't come up with a good name. I think United Kingdom of America is the closest <laughs> I could come up with. <laughs> We have a king. We we, we could we could still maintain the monarchy. You know, we 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 might make it so that like the Kardashians might be involved in that somehow. Call it Trump Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, if we got part of the Commonwealth, it'd be kind of silly to not have New Zealand, mm-hmm. South Africa, and, and Australia rejoin. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would we do in Mexico though? They weren't part of the original empire, so oh, okay. I don't know. They were Spanish. We, they were Spanish. We could, we could decide. Yeah, yeah. Give them back to Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was chatting about this with some because I. Just happened at a local conference. I was chatting with uh, somebody from England and somebody from Canada, and mm-hmm. uh, said like, "Hey, here, here's my my crazy Galaxy Brain idea. So you combine these countries, and then other countries can do the same, right? So as you brought up, like maybe Mexico rejoined Spain and other bits, mm-hmm. and then you keep recombining those countries until you only have like five countries in the world, mega countries, and then and then here's the crazy part: then you combine those five into one country, and mm-hmm. now your mind is blown. And then if this is a visual yeah. medium, you would have you would have the uh, <laughs> mind explosion. Gift sort of thing happening right now. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it could 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 happen. So you said Trump Trump pardoned a turkey the other day. To yesterday, it's a it's a yeah. very weird, and I don't know how far back it goes. It's a very weird tradition for American presidents around Thanksgiving to pardon yeah. a turkey. Mm-hmm. And then what happens to the turkey? That's a good question. I mean, they still probably eat them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just live them out in the wild. <laughs> like you're yeah. free. Yeah. yeah, they probably don't don't tell anybody that. <laughs> they give them a, a Mussolini engraved card that says better to live one year as a lion than a hundred years. As as a sheep to send him out into the wild. <laughs> Who said that? Mussolini? Uh, apparently. Really? Could be wrong on that. that. That came up as a as a thing here in the U.S. It, it's, it's a constant thing. As I mentioned before, it's like, you guys in Canada are going to be real toasty from our dumpster fire here <laughs> warming mm-hmm. up your buttocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So we have, to, we have to work a new term into our uh, podcast. Have you guys seen the videos about the guy who cuts a boat in half and tapes it back together and this miracle tape? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and they, claim- they use the same stuff. They put Punch a hole in a in a bucket, yeah, with water, and they just cover it up with that tape. Well, they cover it up with the spray or something like that, right? They just keep spraying it till it's like it got a whole new plastic bottom. Mm-hmm. But his he, he always says that's a lot of damage, right? So I have to work that into our podcast somewhere because I was watching one the other day where the 
the nephews were showing me that he pokes a hole in the bottom of the bucket and then he takes a chainsaw and cuts a couple of holes and he starts spraying the spray inside the inside the, the bucket but he keeps spraying it until it eventually fills in the hole fills in the gap right so he must have some kind of webbing in it or something like that but where he cut, cuts the boat in half and then goes out on the lake and sails around on the, you know, with this little power boat with this magic tape that you know seals inside water and stuff like that craziness that's the stuff that makes kids excited these days apparently it works reasonably well um <laughs> there's a youtube channel called crazy russian hacker yeah. who tests out crazy things like that and he yeah. he had some of that but it was like really old it was like 10 years old or something by that point and yeah. even then he tested it out he's like oh it's actually not that bad like he had this huge um i can't remember what it was it must have been like a 10 gallon um orange bucket from horn depot and he cut a hole and he was like oh okay so depending on where the hole is here's how much like pressure this thing can hold and so if the hole is kind of closer to the top it like has no problem but if you put the hole closer to the bottom where the all the weight from the water then it started leaking out and he's like well it could be because my you know the stickiness here is maybe is as sticky as it normally would be with fresh ones and he's like oh i wonder if you can use it to you know is it strong enough to lift up this like 40 pound weight or something and, and he does and it, it i don't know that it's um as great as they make it sound in the you know the made for tv video but it sounds like it's not a total scam it sounds good like mm. it does work in some limited capacity right well, there you go. Uh, anyway, I gotta, I gotta get going. I gotta go to training in the morning for eight thirty, something crazy like that. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow's the day off for us. That's nice. Oh yeah, you guys are yeah. putting your feet up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, look, hypercard. I can put hypercard on my. Uh... We should have Thanksgiving every week because the traffic has been amazing this past this week. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it used to be. You know, I I leave my house, I get on the freeway, I drive right. at seventy miles an hour, I get to the office, and right. you know, it's it's like it's a free. Way. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought you would end up with trouble going at least one direction because of people all scrambling to travel elsewhere. Mm. That's pretty. That's pretty good. We here in in Seattle, we're having big trouble with people trying to. As I mentioned before, a lot of people don't. They weren't from here, so they're all you know driving to wherever it is they're driving and trying to get to the airport to get to yeah family. Well, my commute isn't along the the routes out of the Bay Area, kind of in between. Uh, so you know, so if you're if you're leaving if you're leaving San Jose, you're not going up the peninsula, which is where my commute is. And if you're leaving San Francisco, which is at the top of the peninsula, you're not going down the peninsula. You're probably going east in both cases to get out of the area. Cool. Sounds like you do so, definitely benefit from just oh, people for, being out of the area, sure. period. A- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, mm. it's, it's I haven't seen it like this since, probably since last <laughs> last holidays. You know, last Christmas time hasn't been this light. Great. But mm. it'll be over next time I have to commute again on Monday. It'll probably be even worse. Oh, well. Alright, Tim, we'll let you go for your training mm-hmm. to learn how to set up your own personal email yeah yeah apparently yeah. <laughs> yeah well i know this is this is related to people management but uh i've actually just found uh, copies of of um apps i'm going to try and play with and figure out where to put them all right boys all right. talk to you later have a good night bye. talk to you later bye. Bye. bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.